Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. Today is March 15th, which if you're not familiar, that is the opening day of spring turkey season in the state of Mississippi. And uh, this type of episode that we're going to go through today, we'll call this like the probably be a couple of these throughout the spring. This is going to be our first catch up of the action so far, so to speak. And I know uh, because of the DMs and uh, some of the comments that we've seen, we did miss a week last week. And if you followed along with this show enough, um, then us missing an episode or two during the throes of what is spring turkey season is not uncommon, as much as I hate to admit that. However, I normally don't do it this early in the season, but it happened. Uh, I apologize as usual, but um, I'm going to try my best not to let that happen again. Uh, a couple things before we get into the content per se of the show. First things first, Onyx Elite Memberships. If you're familiar with Onyx Hunt, which you probably are, um, but you're not familiar with the Elite Membership, you need to check that out, especially since we're talking a lot pretty much solely about spring turkey hunting for the next foreseeable future. Um, Elite Onyx Hunt, Onyx Hunt Elite Membership is, is, I deem it essential for a spring turkey hunter. I really do. And I said that long before I worked for them. Um, I was a, a customer long before I was an employee there. So um, check out Onyx Hunt. Check out the Elite Membership. There's a lot to be um, had there. There's a just a running ton of value. So check that out. Also, uh, this is pretty cool. Primo's Hunting has partnered with Pursuit Energy. If you're a turkey hunter, um, you know how valuable an energy drink can be on some mornings, especially if you're on like a eight day in a row waking up at three or four a.m. and you're dragging an energy drink can be a very high value so uh primos hunting has teamed with pursuit energy to bring a great tasting all-day energy to your hunt the call of a wild in a can produced right here in the usa it's available in two high caliber and zero sugar flavors original gobbler and blazing orange you can go to pursuitenergy.com and search primos hunting and order yours today Okay, let's wrap this up and get straight into the episode content. Unfortunately, the last time you heard from us was after our live podcast in Startful, which was a great success. If you're listening to this and you attended that event, can't thank you enough. Hope y'all had a good time, and we're looking forward to being back there next year. Uh, But since then, a lot has happened, and the goal of this episode is essentially to catch all of y'all up on that. Um, Shortly thereafter, Jordan, myself, and his wife, Jesse. Uh, left Mississippi and drove a long, long, long way east and then turned and drove a long, long, long way south until we landed at Blackbeard's Ranch, which is south of I-70, which puts us in the south zone of uh, Florida spring turkey season, which means we got to start hunting a little over a week ago. Um, We have gone and hunted Blackbeard's. This was our fifth spring in a row. Um, and it has become one of our, it, I think I can speak for, for all of us here. It's become one of our favorite places. Even, I mean, just the fact that it's the, the first one of the year, but that place is truly so incredible. Um, if you haven't listened to it, we actually, Jordan and I interviewed Mr. Jim Strickland, the man who kind of runs and oversees the ranch out there. Um, and that was on, that would have been in last spring. So episodes from spring of 2022. But if you, I, out of all the, questions and and whatnot that swirl around turkey populations today there comes a lot of questions asking about habitat habitat management how can i make my habitat better for turkeys um mr jim strickland and everyone else that works at blackbeard's ranch has made that place an absolute 
just a it is it is such a picturesque um, example of what good turkey habitat is and how much a turkey population can thrive if you take care of the habitat as much as they do. I mean, they're <clears throat> they're creating openings, they're burning. It 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 goes on and on. Um, but I digress. However, check that episode out if you have any inter- interest in it. It was uh, last spring's episodes. Uh, the thing that did make this year at Blackbeard interesting is uh, like I alluded to earlier when I said they create more openings. Some of the openings they created um, very intentionally. Some of the openings were created for them um, thanks to Hurricane Inn. And that was kind of a kind of a different twist on this trip to South Florida because, like I said, this was our fifth spring in a row hunting down there. And so we had kind of gotten a pretty good, you know, a pretty good hold on that place as far as the lay of the land and what the turkeys like to do. But leading up to this trip and talking to Mr. Jim, you know, he was expressing to us that the ranch did look a lot different because of the hurricane damage. Um, and so we we didn't know, you know, how different it was going to be. Well, we found out right off the bat because there there's one area, um, if you go and watch the show, let's see, um, the, the, the turkey episode that aired, I think the past two turkeys that Jesse has shot in episodes that have aired, she is shot near this area that we call the pond bed. It's like an old dried up pond bed. Uh, and that place that just the, the, that pond bed is notorious for having a turkey roosted around it. There just always seems to be one there. And so the past few years, if we get there and we don't get there early enough to roost, which thankfully this time we did, but sometimes we've got there where it's too late to roost a turkey and we're like, well, uh, let's just go to the pond bed. We know that spot's consistent. This year, we got early enough. We got there early enough to go roost. I went to another end of the property. Jordan and Jesse went to the pond bed. They roosted one right there. We went there the next morning, and we were thinking that the hunt was going to play out pretty much like it always does, and there was a really good chance of, of Jesse getting a shot at one right off the bat. Well, that didn't happen, um, and a lot of that, why it didn't happen, had to do with the changes that were created by Hurricane Inn. Um, and so essentially we get there, walk in in the dark before daylight, set up turkey starts gobbling he flies down it was really really foggy that morning so we sitting we couldn't see him incredibly well um, but we were watching him walk across the opening across the meadow um, to the other side of the field where he had some hens roosted and he wasn't really paying much us many much attention but they usually hang out in that in that dried up pond bed for a good long while before they go anywhere well this morning they hit the ground and they just beelined and headed straight to where what used to be um, some pretty thick woods. There was like a, some stretch of stuff that was that was kind of grew up, grown up and a little bit thick. Uh, well, the hurricane opened that up and walking in in the dark, we didn't notice that or couldn't couldn't notice that. And so we were like we were like, man, I guess this is going to be part of the changes that we have to deal with. But uh, those turkeys going and going to hang out in this new made opening caused by the hurricane uh, led to us seeing one of the craziest, coolest things that we've ever seen that I've any of us have ever seen in the turkey woods. But so anyhow, so turkeys hit the ground, leave the pond bed. They go to this new opening. We pick our setup. We make a loop around, try to get in front of them. We sit down. We start yelping to him. He starts gobbling. Um, we're kind of looking down this fire lane that they've made and uh, we see turkeys start coming out. We see some hens and some jakes. Um, and then Jordan says he sees a long beard and um, here comes a long beard strutting and we're thinking, you know, we may have a chance. And then all of a sudden we catch something 
uh, out of the corner of my eye and there's a coyote that runs out of the woods and into this fire lane and is staring at the turkeys. And we're probably, I don't know, we're probably about 130 yards from these turkeys. Um, the coyote is half of that. I mean, he's 60 yards maybe from them. And we're like, man, this is going to screw this whole deal up. This hunt's over. That coyote runs out, gets in that fire lane, and the hens, it was like eight or nine hens and then the gobblers and a couple of jakes, all the hens immediately start charging this coyote. It was the craziest thing that I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it for a second. We thought something else was going on. We're like, it was almost one of those moments where we're like, am I missing something here? Are they really running at that coyote? What's happening? Um, the coolest thing about that is we, we, you know, we managed to catch it on video. If you haven't seen it, um, it's posted to the the Onyx Hunt Facebook and Instagram. But it was it was some of the coolest behavior out of a turkey that I've ever seen. The, the only thing I've seen even close to that is a coyote run through and or be close and turkeys just not seem to care. They're just kind of nonchalant about it. But this coyote stepped out and the hens just charged him and ran him off. It was insane. It was so crazy and I was so like taken aback by it that as soon as we got back to the cabin that morning, I downloaded the video and I sent it to <laughs> Dr. Lashley and Dr. Chamberlain and we're like, have you ever seen anything like this? And both of them said that, yes, they have seen that kind of behavior before, but it's definitely not super common <laughs> so to speak but but yeah that was kind of the highlight of uh morning number one and we hunted a lot we hunted some more that morning but I don't think anything terribly memorable happened um ended up going back to the cabin at a certain point eating lunch and uh, chilling out for a second and then we headed back out around two o'clock and uh headed down to this a different side of the ranch and um this place, like you said, they, they prescribe burn a lot. And so there's fire lanes all over that place. And so we've learned you get up to a fire lane. That's one of those spots that you definitely don't want to just bust out into because the turkeys love to hang out at them, especially, um, certain ones have more shade than others. And so the middle of the, or the, the, the heat of the day, you'll catch a turkey hanging out in a fire lane under a shade tree, super, super common thing to find. So we get up to this one particular fire lane and I go around and peek down it and def I see two turkeys. I'm not sure what they are. I can just tell they're two turkeys, but I alert Jesse and Jordan and uh, we watch them for a little bit and we notice that it's all, at the time we're just seeing some jakes and one long beard. And so Jesse and I crawl up uh, to the point or to, to this little point where we can shoot the fire lane. Granted, the turkeys are still, I don't know, maybe 200 yards away, but we ease up there crawl up and set back jordan drops back and starts calling and <laughs> when jordan started calling uh what we thought was a long beard and i think two or three jakes that somehow turned into like six jakes three long beards couple hens and and anyhow we got pretty much got interest of all of them um and but luckily the the ones that came in first were the long beards and jesse was able to shoot one and by the time that she shot it i think it it started like 200 yards and when she shot it it was about 20 so it was a pretty pretty fun hunt watching them come for that far and um you know we were on the board day one and that was that's always pretty cool to make that happen and so we were celebrating and sitting around and talking about the hunt and um me and jordan and jesse were talking and we were like hey let's uh you know it's only at the time after we'd done all our, you know, uh, dwelling on the hunt and chilling and talking about it and doing all that we do, it was only 3 or 4 o'clock, and we were like, hey, we definitely got some more time. Let's see if we can, you know, 
drum one up for Jordan or, you know, at least roof something, figure out a plan for tomorrow. Um, so we start moving our way through again and looking around, and we get out to this other cow pasture um, that kind of uh, – and at this point it was pretty late in the evening, probably, I don't know, maybe an hour before they would think about going to roost. And we go out there and we look, and there's a turkey strutting with a couple hens. And we're like, well, he's out there. We might as well try to make a plan on him. So what we ended up doing, again, going back to um, hunting the place for a long time, having marked up the place to heckin' back on our on our Onyx app, we had actually um, got on a turkey. Jordan and I had roosted in the corner of that pasture, and we were just kind of looking at the way that those turkeys were drifting. And we were like, the chances are they're headed back that toward that back corner because that's where they're trying to roost. And we can essentially, if we can get across this one little gap, we can maybe get in the timber, run up and cut them off on their way to that corner. And that's essentially what we did. Um, and we had to do it in a real quick like speed because it was, I mean, I think it was about, I don't know, it was definitely the better part of a mile that we had to cover um, and they weren't, the turkeys weren't like running by any stretch, but they were, they were moving pretty steady. And so we start deadheading through these woods, trying to cut them off. And anyhow, at one point Jordan peeked out and was convinced that we had spooked the turkeys and then something, you know, he looked from another spot and then he saw the turkeys again. Anyhow, we, we, we get to where we want to get and Jordan, I, I'm not looking through binoculars because I'm running a camera. Jordan's looking through binoculars and it hit essentially his, um, his synopsis of what's going on is I don't think they were coming to this corner. I think that we, you know, we misread the situation because he's way out there in that pasture now. And we talked about it and we, the verdict we finally landed on was like, well, Hey, we're here. Uh, and we can do one of two things. We can either watch him do whatever he's going to do, or we, we can at least yelp to him and see if that changes anything. We might as well try so Jordan starts calling to him and the bird answers like immediately and breaks into strut and starts coming our direction. Now, granted, even in binoculars, he looked like an ant. So we were like, if he's going to come, he's got a long way to come. But goodness gracious, if that turkey didn't come all the way across that pasture back to the corner that we were in. Now, the kicker was is there was this one clump um, of stuff right in the corner that had him blocked for a good ways and that turkey went from i don't know maybe i mean he was over 200 maybe 250 maybe even 300 i don't know he was out there and he came and he got within 100 relatively quickly but then he hung up at about 60 70 yards and just and behind this clump where we could i mean i could see him with my eyes but i couldn't hardly get on him with the camera but he hung up right there forever and uh, we were stuck. We were pinned. There's nothing we could do. We couldn't move anymore. We just had to try to coerce him into coming our direction. Honestly, I thought the thing was over. I was like, man, he's going to sit there and gobble, and he's not going to see a hen come out, and he's just going to turn around and walk off and go the way that he wanted to go. Well, eventually he broke and walked, and he, he skirted us a little bit, but he came around that clump and got, I'd say he was probably 40 to 45 yards, and Jordan shot him. And uh, next thing you know, we have – two long beards down on on the first day of hunting down there at Blackbeards in South Florida and we were pretty pumped to say the least both hunts were awesome I think that was the first time that Jordan and Jesse both got to kill a turkey in the same day so that was pretty cool and uh, now we're going into day two and I'm the only one with a turkey left to kill and we have like I said we've only been hunting today so we had three or four days to make something happen so we were pretty 
feeling pretty confident, to say the least. Anyway, day two rolls around, and we decide that we're going to go back to the pond bed, and we're going to try to get on the turkey that Jesse was on the first morning. Um, and we're expecting him to do the same thing, and we're not just pulling that notion out of the air. We're going off of history knowing that they typically did that a lot. And so we set up on the edge of the pond bed, and morning comes, gobbling time comes, the turkey gobbles, and he's not <laughs> hes not on the edge of that pond bed. He's not far from it, but he's not on the edge of the pond bed. Um, and so we went round and around with that turkey for an hour or two, and then finally we came up, we were like, hey, this turkey that we're wrestling with for two days now, or for two mornings now, I should say, has like eight or nine hens, doesn't answer our yelping very much. Um, he's going to be a particularly hard one to deal with. Um, so why don't we go somewhere where maybe we can find something, you know, a little bit more, uh, maybe, you know, maybe a turkey that has seven hens instead of nine. I don't know. But so we, we left that spot and, and went to a different area in the ranch um, and at this point in the morning, I'd say by the time we got to where we set up, it was probably 9 a.m. And, uh, again, I know we said fire lane with, with, uh, Jesse's hunt and, uh, but those fire lanes are just such a, such a hot spot for the turkeys on that place. And so we're like, Hey, let's just set up on this fire lane and yelp a little bit. Uh, because one thing we did notice between the two mornings is the turkeys would gobble really well on the roost. Um, and then they would gobble on the ground until about eight thirty and nine o'clock, and then they would kind of the 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 intensity or how often they would gobble would kind of die off a little bit. And so we were like, instead of just bumping around and yelping, let's just sit down and see if we can strike one or see if one comes out of this um, fire lane, and we'll deal with it then. You know, we just didn't want to just keep walking around and risk just bumping a lot of turkeys. And so we sat there, and we'd probably been there about an hour and one time we had yelped and you know we thought we'd heard one but weren't sure and blah 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 well at one point we hadn't been that long after we called it and Jordan says hey I see a turkey and and I said where and about that time he goes I see one strutting and out of the woods stepping into the fire lane comes a long beard and he's strutting walking our direction and I'm like man he heard us yelping he's about to march right to us this is going to be awesome this is going to be cool well then out of nowhere into the fire lane steps two hens and I'm like well there goes that plan because they're going to gum that up um at that point we proceeded to watch that turkey strut around with his hens for I don't know another hour at least at one point another long beard came out in the fire lane they ran around each other for a while trying to figure out who was the biggest and baddest uh the original turkey ran off the second one to come out there and now we're left with a strutter and like four hens. And uh, we didn't, we, we were kind of handcuffed. We couldn't move because we'd spook them. And uh, so we were, he wasn't paying us any attention. So we were like, our best chance is to see if we can get the hens interested, which we did. At one point, we got the hens interested enough that they came within, one of them was within like 25 yards of us. The problem was, is the gobbler just hung, hung back watching them and strutting. At one point, he got within, a gun range that I was comfortable with, but all of his hens were directly in line with him, so I couldn't shoot him without killing them, and obviously I'm not going to do that. Um, so, like I said, this had been going on for well over an hour. Uh, I was getting antsy. As much as I loved watching him, I was getting antsy. I was trying to figure out what we could do, 
And in that time, they kind of turned away and started feeding down the fire lane directly away from us. I say feeding. The hens were feeding. That gobbler was doing nothing but strutting. Um, Those fire lanes uh, had enough in the open spots where the sun was hitting them. There was like fresh green growth popping up everywhere, and they were eating that stuff like crazy. But anyway, now they're going away from us, and that strutter's following them the entire way. And uh, Jordan's like, hey. I'm like, yeah. He said, when they go around that little bend um we had we had marked on the map where there was a basically another fire lane on the other side of this fence that paralleled this one and uh he was like i wonder if we could parallel that turkey and catch up to him and to be honest i was a little skeptical at first because that seemed really aggressive um and i'm used to hunting at home uh where it's just it's harder to get away with that stuff at home especially in the early parts of the season uh, but Jordan, being the aggressive hunter that he is, talked me into trying it. He was like, man, let's just try it. And so that turkey gets out of sight. We we crawl through that cattle fence and get to that um, fire break on the other side that's paralleling that one. And we just started walking. And essentially on that fence, there was enough palmettas and trees that we honestly had pretty incredible, um, pretty incredible cover to walk down that other road that was paralleling the, the lane that they were on. So we start walking, taking our time, um, staying in the break because it's sand, it's super quiet. And every now and then I would pop back to the fence and stick my head through the palmettas and glass and seeing if I could see if I could see them. And the first couple of times we did it, I didn't see them. And I thought, man, we bumped them or they started moving quicker and we lost them. But then we come to one spot and I peek out, and I look down the lane and I can see the hens, and I can see him, and they're about 150 yards away. And I'm like, man, we didn't spook them, and we're actually must be gaining on them a little bit. So I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. We start walking, and we start walking, and I'm like, man, I better check again. And I go out, and I stick my head out, and I look, and he's like 80 yards away. And I tell Jordan, he's like, well, I guess we press on. If we're, if we're going to try this, we might as well try it. <laughs> So I'm like, all right, and we start walking, start sneaking down that down that break again, and I get to one point, and I'm like, man, we ought to be getting close, and I can see this little opening in the fence, and I was about to go to that opening and try to see what I could see, and I peek my head around the palmetto to look in that opening, and I see a hen at like 35 yards, and I freeze, and I throw my hand back, and I took, you know, to signal Jordan to freeze. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's we're way too close. There's no way that we're not going to blow this. And I'm sitting there frozen, and I look, and the hen never looks up. She just keeps doing her deal. And at the time, I think that's all that's there. And I, I'm, I'm scanning, and I'm looking. I'm like, man, they must be ahead of her. What's going on? And then all of a sudden, through the palmettas and the wall of palmettas I'm looking through, to the right of this hen, I catch something move. And I'm, I look at it, I catch it move again, and I go, I go, man, that's another turkey. And she's facing dead away from me, pecking the other way. So I ease my binoculars up, and I look, and because of my binoculars, I could look through the palmettas better, and I see there's that long beard strutting, and he is in gun range. <laughs> and I turn around and look at Jordan, and I said, the strutter is right there, and he's in range. And Jordan's like, what, what? You know, and he gets the camera up and starts filming him and I mean like films him strut and just thankful for being able to follow that map and know that 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 lane was there from us marking it in the past and then being able to use the cover of all those palmettas along that fence 
we no lie were able to sneak within shooting range of that turkey. And I eased my gun up and watched him, and he finally strutted until I had an opening because it was pretty the 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 double-edged sword of all that cover to sneak up on is it makes it to where you, you don't always have just super great open shooting opportunities. So I had to wait. Well, he finally turned and started strutting back to the right, and he got in a clear opening, and uh, he he never saw us. At the time, he, he poked his head up, and, and me and Jordan both thought that he had seen something that was on to us, and that prompted me to go ahead and get the, you know, get the dot on him and shoot him. But when we look back at the footage, he never even saw us then. He was just kind of doing his thing. But luckily, when he did walk out and break strut and stick his neck up, he was in one of my best openings. And I said, Jordan, I can kill him. And he said, well, kill him. And I shot. and We killed him right there. And we were midday on, on day two, and we had all three of our turkeys. It was a absolutely incredible trip and just another another incredible way to kick off a spring season. I can't say enough about that place and – uh, we again, I, I know I harp on it a lot, but we talk so much about how much good habitat can do for your hunting, and that place is a living, breathing testament of it. I mean, the turkey hunting there is so incredible, and um, that wrapped that up. Moving on to the next thing, and this is honestly, this was one, this was arguably the coolest part of the whole trip for me. Jordan and Jesse went home, um, and I got to leave Blackbeards and drive about two hours. Uh, to meet Dr. Marcus Lashley um, and some of his um, students and technicians uh, to help him on while he was working on one of his research projects that's being funded by the University of Florida uh, and the Florida NWTF and some others that if I'm forgetting, forgive me, uh, but I know those two are involved. But you know, I've been able to, to get to know Dr. Lashley over the years. He's been on the podcast several times and we got together at the NWTF, and he mentioned that he was going to be doing some work on one of his Osceola studies while the same time that I would be down there hunting at Blackbeards. And I was like, man, please, I would, I would love to spend a day out there filming. Um, and then one of the things that interested me is not only um, I'd never seen turkey research go down, but he told me that they were actually using the Onyx Hunt app to do their field work. They were using it to mark um, hens that they had, they had trapped and put transmitters on. They had used it in the past to mark nest. They had used it for all kinds of things, and obviously I thought that was super cool, and I wanted to get some video of it. So I traveled down there and uh, met with them, and the, the I guess the most the, the highest action point of the day is these hens that they had trapped and put transmitters to that give out a certain signal throughout the day to let them know where they're at and let them know that they're moving around. But they also have what's called a mortality signal. And what that means is if a turkey, if that transmitter doesn't move for eight hours, it starts sending a mortality signal. And so they had received a mortality signal the day before and it believed a hen to, to have died. And so our main job of that day was to use their equipment, um, probably going to get this wrong, telemetry equipment uh yagi antenna i think were some of the terms that i heard but it was super cool um they would and it was way more intensive than i had thought i'd seen videos of people waving these antennas around but i thought you just point it until it makes a certain noise and you just walk dead at it and you go find what you're looking for and it's no big deal um this was pretty intensive and also disclaimer we we have a short video of this out on the onyx hunt channel right now there's going to be a longer form out 
um, on the Onyx YouTube covering this research and the hunts as well. I should have said that earlier. Every single one of the hunts that I just described to you uh, will be coming out on Onyx Hunts YouTube channel. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, watching them go through the process of using that equipment to track down that transmitter and in turn track down that hen that had that had gotten killed was incredibly cool. They they I don't even know if I can explain it on this podcast and it make a lick of sense. I don't even know if I'm gonna try to because it I, I couldn't do a good job of it. it. But watch the videos. Um but I mean we were basically using the antenna, the, the telemetry equipment and the hunt app to triangulate the location where the hen was and then walk into it and we had to cover a pretty good bit of ground to do that so it it, it took several hours and it was like i said it was very intensive um but what was crazy is when we finally found it we just found the bear transmitter on the ground you know i was thinking we were going to find a carcass or a big swath of feathers um and i don't want to speak for dr lashley because i would probably butcher it but basically what they deduced is when you find a bear transmitter like that, more than likely, because they can't they can't straight up say she's a hundred percent this hen is dead because they didn't have any physical evidence. But they said more than likely she is dead, and since there is no carcass, it was more than likely an avian predator, so another bird like a great horned owl. I think was listed as the most likely subject. Um, but it was super cool, man. And and again, we're gonna have more info on that. And there was there was some like I guess the main the main uh, focus of that research project I can't even reveal yet because they've asked me not to. Uh, but I did film some of it. So whenever they allow me to release that, um, we're gonna have some pretty cool stuff on on what the main focus of that research project is. But uh, it was so incredibly cool. We, we hear so much about turkey populations and, and research projects and work being done on the ground to try to figure out what we can do or what's going on and so on and so forth. So to be able to be there and, and watch that actually happen in physical form, in a tangible form, was very, very cool. And to honestly, um, you know, being able to work for OnX, it was really cool for me to to see them use the app to do their work. And he said that they'd been doing that for several years, which was which was super super cool. But that was again that was that was really cool. Um, so I'm eager for y'all to get to see that when it comes out. Lastly, and this will be the last part, and then we'll wrap up. Again, I alluded that today is March the 15th, and Mississippi turkey season is officially open. Uh, I hunted this morning. I did not kill a turkey. I heard two different turkeys gobbling this morning, uh, both of which, one of them I can definitely say had hens because I saw and heard the things I needed to definitely say that there were hens involved. Then the other turkey I heard distantly cannot confirm that he had hens, but given the time and the season and how he acted, I would bet my next paycheck that he did. But, um, yeah, it was a good opening day, beautiful weather. Uh, Jordan is up somewhere in north mississippi he's hunting with old davy owens um i believe they killed one this morning so yeah turkey season's here it's the best time of year but yeah going forward we're going to try to or i'm going to try to do better at being more consistent with these and not <laughs> not miss any but that is a full update of what has gone on so far hope you enjoyed the conversation again i apologize for missing last week um as always if you have any questions topics any of that stuff Hit us up or send an email to primoshuntingpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. We'll see you all back next time. And, as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. 
presented by Onyx Hunt.